0: Hey guys, welcome to the PR Podcast, a show designed to keep you up to date with PR Ministries. My name is Michelangelo Guido. I'm the son of Michael Rocco and Celeste Allen Guido, the founders of PR Ministries, a ministry formed to pursue relationships, cultivate creativity, and encourage reconciliation on earth as it is in heaven. This first episode is a conversation my father and I had last week. We both live in Franklin, Tennessee, but decided to meet up in Southern California, where coincidentally our family began. This being our first attempt at a podcast, we did experience some technical difficulties. We were using our phones as microphones, which actually worked pretty great, until my dad received a call and then it cut off the recording. So uh, there'll be a little bit of a volume difference in the middle. Also, you'll hear my mom and my wife, Mary Beth, as they walk into the room near the end of the episode. All that being said, I think the recordings came out great and have plenty of character. Um, Yeah, so you'll hear my dad talk about his childhood, how he came to experience a life devoted to Jesus, and how he met my mom and soon after got married. We'll try and do these podcasts every other week, not only to give stories from the past, but to highlight all that God is doing in this season. If you're a friend, supporter, or just someone who's interested in a good story, this will be a great way to hear those stories while continuing to know how to pray for and support my parents as they minister to others. If you're interested in giving to PR, learning more about the ministry, or just want to drop my parents a line, go to www.prministries.com. That's ministries with an I-E-S, and all the info you need is there. Thanks for listening to the start of the PR podcast and supporting my parents and all they do. May God bless you as you continue to be reconciled to him and those around you. Hey, Faja.
1: Hey, son. How you doing? Good, how are you?
0: Good. Um, so, here we are. Yes, we are. On the opposite coast. I guess we're not in a coast in Nashville, but we're in California. Well, they call that the, <sighs>
1: what did they call that the, when I first moved there? The Center Coast? Something uh, Tex Cobb used to call it. Center Coast. So no, he called something weird.
0: Here, hold. There's hold a it. restaurant. Just so you.
1: That was in town. I'll oh, fumble too much. don't like that.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um. <laughs> Dad's hovering over now. Okay. Uh, so I had this idea for your ministry is a way to keep up with what's going on because it's always changing and it's hard to sum up. Months later, so we'll see if we can do it semi regularly. But it'll just be fun to get some of your stories and uh, our family stories and God stories okay. in one place. But, um, so I'm Michelangelo Guido, you're Michael Rocco Guido, yes. and uh,
1: confirmation My name is Eugene, Michael. Michael Rocco
0: Eugene. How did you? Could you, you mind if we pray for her? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Lord, I just want to thank you for Michael and uh, what he means to me as a son. Thank you for all my children who each represent divine answer to prayer, beginning with how you brought me their mommy, how you brought Nicole, how you brought so many things with Jonathan's arrival that you've always spoke through Scripture through your Word. Of promise in prayer and dreams and vision and worship. They brought Michael to be best friends with Jonathan. They brought Jordan and how she uh, cried out for a sibling, a little girl, and you gave us Danielle. And Lord, you've knit our family together, and Lord, in seasons it's been amazingly uh, encouraging and sometimes very painful. But Lord, in it all, you've been constant and you are the calm still voice in the midst of the chaos. Meet us here. We pray that we'd hear your voice speak to us and speak through us and encourage hearts, Lord, through Michael's desire to share what you've done by living by faith in the ministry you've called us to of life. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Yeah? Wow. So, God's done a lot in your life to lead you to this point, and it's cool to look back and see um, what he's done, but can you just assume if someone hasn't, doesn't know you, which I, there's very few people that don't know you, I feel like, uh, <laughs> or after a second, don't know you of conversation, but can you explain, um, what your life was like before God, what led you to him and then how, uh, PR ministry started? Cause that's kind of where we're, Hmm. We're in the thick of it now.
1: Well, it's awesome that you're doing this, Michael. It would be good to get all this down, and that's the dream right now. It's interesting. You and Johnny both have that desire to hear stories. And I've always wanted to write down how I met God, how I met your mom, and each one of you kids. And then I wanted to tell stories along the road of how uh, individuals have come and gone. Most people who come into my life don't go. It's (laughs) interesting 30-some years later, well, since I met Christ, people that I've, even before I met Christ, people that I've stayed in touch with. But it began right here in this state, in California. My mom and dad had moved out of Chicago to get away from the cold. My dad was a truck driver in Chicago. Very dysfunctional background on both sides of alcoholism and abuse and every imaginable sordid of sin that you read in scripture. I mean, that's why uh, I believe, as one friend said, the Bible's rated to X. Yeah, not R, not G, definitely. It's not family-friendly. It's only family-friendly if you realize that we've been in a fall since the first family, Adam and Eve. So we saw that in our family in in huge ways played out in the life of my mom and her growing up, my dad. And then they came together, and as my mentor Rick Marshall said, marriage when two sinners collide. Now, colliding without Christ was very hard for my mom and dad because they're both raised with... Just Catholic background, got married in the church, and, and then had my sister Nancy in Chicago. They moved to California, and that's ironic that we're here. Yeah, where I was crazy. born. Yeah, so this is where I was born. Uh, we're currently sitting in Newport Beach looking at the ocean. I loved the ocean and still do. It's such a calming thing for me. But um, So when they moved out here, uh, my dad got tired of the cold. He moved to Duarte, California, um, following my Uncle Bill who uh, uh, was my mom's, Aunt Celine's husband, and my mom's sister, Aunt Celine. Mm-hmm. So he moved out here and was doing tile work. So my dad got tired of the cold and came out and started working tile. And they had me, and they lived on Goodall Street in Dwardy. And then I was born in Santa Teresita, I believe, in Monrovia. So so, said, so
0: the tile business was your, your my start.
1: No, no, um, he worked union, so they were, my dad yeah. was working for them. And then my dad kind of went off and sold cars. He's doing a lot of things, but he always had the drive and ambition to to succeed. I mean, he just he was a hustler. He worked hard. But because of his background and the things that he went through in World War II, and again, having stormed the beaches of Normandy and seen the tragedy, and at 17 and a half, he lied about his age and went into the armed forces, and while he was at battle, his mom had a heart attack at 43 and died. Mm-hmm. So that was really a big overcoming for him, seeing the tragedy of war, his mom dying. And he came back for her funeral and uh, uh, got in trouble and had to re up in the service. So he re-upped in the service, went over, saw more tragedy after war, of collecting bodies. So at, here's an impressionable... like 19, 20-year-old, 17 and a half to begin with, but then going back. and
0: So know, why did he have to go back?
1: Because he got in trouble in the U.S. And he came oh. back and was so angry about his mom's death. Mm. And again... And so then alcohol was every day when they'd go out on reconnaissance to pick up these bodies, they'd have, you know, bottles of Jim Bean, Jack Daniels, all on the table. So that began his really... You know, he was rough before he went in. And this is a kid who's only... Seventeen and a half. 17 and a half. He goes into service now. He's later. So I never understood all the background until years later. And so, you know, he comes here to start a new life, and he's still having post-traumatic stress. They didn't have a name for it then. Mm-hmm. But um, throughout the marriage, it was rough for my mom and dad. And so I saw a lot of that growing up, a lot of fighting and uh, just unbelievable chaos, you know, uh, growing up. And so after they left DeWarty, my dad was doing tiles. And then he started, you know, promoting and working hard and started his own company.
0: And his Guido Tile? Uh,
1: no, no. It was never Guido Tile. It was called DeWarty Tile.
0: Oh. Yeah. I started so, Guido Tile. okay. Yeah, which... And that would, was separate or you yeah. changed the name? No, no. Okay. He
1: started Duarte Tile. He grew real big. In the 60s, he had Tile t- work all the way from Ventura down to San Diego. Got really big and then there was a collapse in the economy and uh, he lost everything. And then we went through some real hard times when I was going through grammar school and high school and his health started to fail. He had lung mm-hmm. problems. He smoked since he was probably 10 or 11. And so he had half a lung taken out, he had, but he ended up dying of emphysema. But the environment was so volatile, you never knew what kind of day you're going to walk into. I mean, there's horror stories of things I saw as a kid. And I don't know if you want me to go into any of those, but mm. everything from fights, from you know him throwing our house up for grabs. And,
0: and a lot of it alcohol-driven yeah, and yeah. post-traumatic stress probably just trying to deal with those emotions
1: yeah a lot of times he'd be talking uh, late at night drinking with a buddy or by himself and he'd start saying stuff like, well, you have no idea what it's like
2: mm-hmm.
1: you just smell burning flesh and skin yeah uh, burning flesh and hair you know you smell that smell it's, it's indelible in your head and so all that pain would come out and then he'd try to medicate with alcohol which made it worse because he was an angry
2: he'd mm-hmm. get
1: angry and then I had two sisters. My Nancy, like I said, was born in Chicago. I was born in Dwardy. And then Charlene uh, was born in uh, Kavina, I believe it was. And so, you know, there's three years between me and my oldest sister, Nancy, and I think seven years between me and Charlene.
0: Yeah, so and you so- all you all grew up in an environment that... I mean, your parents were very loving, right? but then you'd see this other side from your dad, especially with the things that he was dealing with. So his home was kind of hit or miss as a safe space for you then.
1: And we never knew what we were going to get. And we never knew how mom would respond because she had all her abuse from her childhood. So it's Mm -hmm. like she went from one to another to another. And so she ended up having a nervous breakdown when I was a kid. Mm-hmm and there was just all kinds of drama cuz her family's in Chicago and all my dad's family were out here uh, in California
0: and she's one of 11 11 kids yeah. yeah wow and she's
1: on the top end like not the oldest but like the first four
0: mhm so she she really loved her family so that was probably hard to She loved her family because,
1: yeah, I mean, my grandmother, Tyler um, Marie Tyler, was the first witness of God that I saw of Jesus, Mm -hmm. the way she loved. And she never preached at you. She was very involved, and she'd go to church. But she just had these innate characteristics that revealed the heart of God. Yeah, And so she was very loving and forgiving, and she'd seen the worst of abuse, but she was very forgiving, never hold any grudge. And no, no one ever heard her say a negative word about anybody. That's if sweet. someone started talking dirt at the table, she'd slap the table <laughs> real hard, and you knew Grandma, was, she's only about four feet tall, mm-hmm. and she'd hit the table go, enough said, stop. Yeah. And so she wouldn't let the kids talk about the other kids. Like if some of the 11 kids were there talking, the mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, well, what about sis's kids, or what about... Jerry's kids or what? She wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. What about Celine's kids? Nine girls, two boys. So, she raised them in the depression. So, in the midst of that environment, that she saw of chaos, she, you know, we always long for something to be a semblance of order, and you're never going to find it in family.
2: You're
1: going to find it in the family, one on one with God. And if you yeah. once you get saved, I tell people that now you realize how dysfunctional. Life is because you join the church, and people expect you. Well, you get saved, everything will be perfect, then you get wounded by the church. And those are some of the hardest wounds. Not that God ever intended that way. What He intended us to be is one in unity. And so there is always this constant war to bring division from the fall of man in the throne room from Lucifer falling, taking one third of the heavenly hosts,
2: mm-hmm. and very the division
1: yeah. into the garden throughout history. So when you ever see division, you know what's behind it—the mm-hmm. spirit that deceived and one third imagine deceiving angelic beings Mm -hmm. and saying i will be better than god and he deceived these angels who knew god so lucifer falls and then so that you see that in families today you see it's nothing new when people talk about gang warfare It started with cain and abel brother killing brothers so yeah so when when my dad he always had a good heart like he'd always had like he'd have homeless people stay with us yeah always give money away always Mm -hmm. had Attributes of faith, like he'd say, you know what, kid? You know, when things are rough, go out and buy a car, and then you have to work to pay for it. <laughs> you know, and so he had these things, and then then he'd say, you know, always help people out. You know, always, th- you know, and when you go to dinner, don't be a man with
0: short arms and deep
1: pockets. Be the first one to grab the ticket. That's sweet. Be be generous. And, and so that, those are all- yeah,
0: and that explains kind of where, how you got from uh the the environment you grew up in as a kid, where. Your dad would be really generous and have homeless people stay with you. Your mom was one of eleven kids that all yeah. had this faith that they knew in their hearts. maybe they didn't not all of them went to church I'm sure and Catholic is sometimes nominal, but you had that history of faith that's kind of looming in your history uh yeah. ready to come forward because you were you know you had the Catholic Eugene name. Yeah. And, yeah
1: i think i think that the arrogance is when people say i'm the first generation christian i doubt that you know i used to say that mm -hmm. and i used to go who was praying for me and then i realized my grandmother was all the time And when i got saved when i gave my life over to christ i got to be there at the end of her life she was 89 born 1900 so she'd seen everything from horses to you know horse-drawn carriage to the introduction of the automobile trains to jets and we flew her on jets together, and she got to see your mom. My grandmother got to meet your mom, and said he's a good. She's a good mommy.
2: That's cool. And,
1: and that was grandma. grandma who? the depression? Grandma Tyler. Grandma Tyler. I never met my mom's mom, obviously, because she died when he was in the war. Mm. I never met my dad's mom. I mean, so oh,
2: okay,
1: that's, yeah, yeah. So, so my mom's mom was Marie. My dad's mom was Nancy. So that's how my sister got the name Nancy Marie.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: So and then I was named after Uncle Mike. Rocco, my dad didn't. It's really, weird. I, you know, everybody loves the name Rocco. I, I love it, but you know, he
0: didn't want that that name never, to go he on. He just <laughs> never wanted
1: because he had to fight a lot over his name. You know. Yeah. But so in that environment of being raised with a not even a form of godliness, but just you know, the, yeah, I guess it would be like yeah. Before.
0: I mean, the the um, be the first one to take the check, be the first one to invite someone in your home to stay. I see that in you Mm. now in a new context of your ministry is be the first to serve. And that's kind of like what your dad was showing you and your mom would show that and how she raised you. But so all that and then the turmoil behind that with, you know, we all come with the history. So your dad had the, the war and drinking and seeing his mom die young. Your mom was one of 11 and grew through really hard times and had to move away from her family in Chicago anyway so that leads you now to your young in california yeah and
1: a lot of drama going on a lot of fights me and my sister used to worry on christmas if we were even gonna you know what was gonna happen and there's individual stories that we could do some other time but i'm just telling you like christmas eve i had such a dream and believing santa claus and I, I i attribute that to the wonder you know like um, my mentor Rick always tells me he goes you know the problem with the church is they're like Israel they've starved their imagination and they lose their childlike wonder
2: mm-hmm.
1: not only about God but you know just you know the creative side there's you know nothing negative in having a creative side as a matter of fact that's what I love about Zephaniah 317 he says you know blessed that that God is a warrior he's a he's a mighty warrior mm-hmm. and he comforts us with his love and he sings songs so he sings songs over us so here's god three things that god is he's a warrior he's a strong god you know you show that powerful side then you see the nurturing side which you see in mothers and my mom was very nurturing and then, then you see the creative side that mm-hmm. god loves music so i just always was drawn to music i was a drummer i played music always from the beginning love music and i remember my dad saw me with bongos that we would got in mexico we went down to mexicali so much I loved him, but I'd always say, you're not getting nothing for Christmas, kid. You know, he'd be drunk, and he was just playing antagonist or mm. stuff, and, and he said, I never wanted a son, you know. You don't mm. know what it's like to lay in those foxholes, you know, feared uh, for your life. So his boy, He didn't want
0: that right. to be passed on to his son. Yeah, so in
1: all that, there was all these things that were said, and that if you knew the truth behind it, what he was saying... You know, we extended a lot of grace to my dad, and and I. But yet, he—you can't receive grace until you're saved, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, my dad lived with this constant, you know, demon of, you know, just never measuring up and feeling like he'd failed by going to war and killed his mom with a heart attack, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, then wasn't the best father, wasn't the best husband. Always a good provider, always mm-hmm. worked hard, but when he went through that this time where we were literally on welfare i mean that was probably the most humbling thing for my father because he couldn't work because he had you know been in the he was always at the va hospital and mm-hmm. we thought we were going to lose him a number of times even at the end of his life like i showed you the hospital here Hogue hospital mm-hmm. you know he'd end up in a hospital <laughs> who knows where because he'd all suddenly have these episodes and mm-hmm. the irony of that the mystery of his body is what led him to god mm-hmm. doctors told him how many miles of nervous system and respiratory system and they, he goes man it's and I would share with him I never tried to preach it, my dad but his salvation experience after all that drama that we went through as kids and you know I saw so much tragedy in our family of hard things and that's why when, when I got saved I didn't want you know you think well just give your kids Jesus and we'll choose Jesus well everybody's got that innate fall in them mm-hmm. that that Adamic nature so when he was in the hospital in Chicago, you know, he, he was trying to make his way back to Arizona, where they finally retired. And him, and my mom had remarried after being divorced for nine years. Mm-hmm. He, a woman that he had married, you know, my mom and dad divorced. She got tired, she moved to Chicago, and he divorced. They divorced. So he meets this woman in a bar and sobers up for this woman. They both get sober, and and he ends up giving her everything. And my mom. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is the path that led him yeah, back to the Lord. Right, which, which yeah, in the midst yeah. of
1: that pain, which we don't understand, but pain there's always something good God's doing in the midst of pain, you know? Mm-hmm. And it 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 hurts. It's you never should make light of someone's tragedy and never should say, Well, God's doing something good in it. You just walk with him like the Holy Spirit. He just he comes alongside and that's why it was interesting. That dream I had last night, I felt like I felt like it was a vision almost like I felt God was saying in the midst of all the tragedy our family's in right now. Here we are following Christ. And gosh, here we got so much tragedy around us, it seems. But Mm -hmm. so many good things. So you choose to look for the good. And you see God, oh, he's going to make good out of evil. You know? He says, I'll I'll humble the enemy. And so in that middle of what Dad had gone through, in the middle of what we'd seen, he's in the hospital in Chicago. He's had a heart attack. And so I'm in my prayer closet and I feel like I'm supposed to call him. I call him and I go, Dad, I'm, I'm worried about you. He goes, ah, I'm going to be all right, kid. I go, Dad, I'm not worried about your physical health. I mean, he was like the, the typical Italian Chicago. I mean, he literally talked to that pop face, corn mm-hmm. rim, black glasses, looked mafioso. But he goes, I'm fine, kid, don't worry about it. I said, Yeah, Dad, I'm not worried about your physical health. I'm worried about your spiritual health. Because, you know, I was afraid he gets on an airplane with that mm-hmm. heart, he could die on a plane. Again. Uh, how much we take control in thinking God doesn't love someone more than us, right? Mm-hmm. So you learn that as a father that your kids are really his and your parents, he's God, but you pray these prayers. and So he goes, well, kid, this morning I made a deal with God. And uh, he goes, I told him I may not be the best effing student, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I go, wow, that's crazy. I go, what happened? Well, found out that a friend of Mark and Jean Blighty's, who goes to their church, had gone to visit him.
2: Mm-hmm. And I don't
1: find this out till ten years after my dad dies. What oh, they man. talked about, mm-hmm. but I interviewed her, Carolyn, uh, no, Carolee. and she goes on to tell me the story that she walked into the hospital on Mother's Day. Now this is ironic, but she was alcoholic and not. She felt she wasn't the best mom and. Similar, so she shares her story, but she's a peer, my dad's age, and shares with my dad. And my dad suddenly listens and says, "Man, I can identify with that." And she goes, "Rocco, whose orange is that?" He had an orange on his table in the hospital, Mm -hmm. and and she says, um, uh, "He goes, that's my orange." She goes, well, Rocco, but really it's not yours unless you peel it and eat it. Does you no good? Such is salvation. Mm. that You can have it in front of you, but until you peel it and consume and let it into you, yeah. it doesn't do you any value nutritionally. So evidently he had a salvation experience. So 10 years I'm asking her later, well, he really had a lot of guilt of the war and just all the stuff of his life. Just That wasn't a shame. He identified with the shame I had as not being a good mother. He said, I was a terrible father. Mm. So here I thought it was all the war atrocities. So he felt like he had never been a good father.
0: Hmm. And And so for you, your salvation experience was kind of similar where you had the knowledge of who Jesus was as a Catholic. Right. And going to church and, you know, you did the whole show of religion. But then there was a moment in your life where you were like, I need to. Right truly experience, consume that orange and exactly. get the, the benefit of...
1: And the way that came that. about was really just, I mean, I, at a young age, nobody went to church regularly. We, we used to go, we made our communion and confirmation, but I kept wanting to go to church. I used to love to go into church. I'd walk to church sometimes and I would stare at the cross and then whenever they'd read about the gospel, I would my heart would jump. And so that was a young boy, 8, 10, 12. Now here I go through divorce and I'm, you know, now twenty some years old, at a very young age. My dad, like I said, he had kind of left the picture, and went down to Arizona. I started my own tile company, and you know, even in my dad's dying, he said you're a better father, better businessman than I ever was, and he spoke all these affirmations over me. But I, I just wanted, to had this vision for business. But in the midst of having success, all the money, and success suddenly started. I started doing drugs because I was so much pain about the divorce. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, we had a daughter nicole and and so she watched me be what I despise I never wanted to be but yeah. if you have that DNA in you and you don't have spiritual DNA and a, an awakening of the orange if you would <laughs> right i didn 't have any life to draw from so everything I did was mocking my Adamic father and I really believe this that you become what you behold if you don't behold the glory of God the father you'll behold the the weakened image of a father you had in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And even the most godly father, if you look to your have an earthly father, you're in trouble. Yeah. Again, we should all set a standard, and want, but you should always tell your kids, you're going to be a way better father, better husband, a better leader, a better follower of Christ, because we're talking about generational blessing, mm-hmm. raising the bar, going higher. And, and what I've seen you guys do, quite frankly, is be simpler in your faith. And sometimes it offends me, sometimes it challenges me. Because I, you know, because again, I can go back to my religious ways of Did you guys read your Bibles? Did you guys pray? Doesn't diminish. I think there should be a hunger for the Word. Three basic elements: the Word, worship, and prayer. But how each person navigates through that in their life is going to be a unique story. Just like I used to tell you as kids, you're my favorite. Tell each one of you privately because you mm-hmm. are. You're each uniquely have things that only you can do, Michael, and only Jonathan's things that he can do, only Danielle's things, and only Jordan's things, and Nicole the things that are very unique to the way that you guys love me and awaken my love to see how unique you are. And that's how Mm -hmm. God looks at us. So in that process, I came to an encounter with uh, when I was hungry and searching after through the divorce. And I mean, I was kicked out of the house and just devastated. Yeah, And, I, uh, you know, I was seeking. I was going on Catholic retreats, you know, of the Order of the Franciscan, which is St. Francis, which was oh, cool. really the closest. You know, that's why I like Richard Rohr's teachings, and a lot of that's the Franciscan Order. Very, mm-hmm. you know, really, to me, the gospel of not being attached to things or even success, just really this intimacy with Jesus. That's and cool. so that was a real calling. And um, so, you know, I end up going to Catholic Mass, and I'd go... Uh, to this church that I got introduced to Calvary Chapel through Rawl Reese's sister mm-hmm. and so you know I was at a club partying, and I thought oh that's why I need a Christian girlfriend I met her started going to church with her and in that process got saved mm-hmm. and once I got saved she was out of my life and I just kept seeking the Lord and just going after God and I'd be at church all the time and Raul was always keeping his eye on me and he was really discipling me in a very unique way and he'd always you know just really encouraged me and the amazing things he didn't kick my butt when you know i wasn't a believer you know he's like at the time he was 10th degree master sensei of karate like now he's like uh, 15 degree whatever but so <laughs> he was such a disciplined warrior of the word and loved the word of god which i thank god for that 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 really got me it gave me a hunger for the word mm-hmm. and then i i really loved music still so then i just kept so then, in that process, once I got saved, the first thing that happened. Our family dimension is Nicole must have been saved a hundred times. I, mean, <laughs> I would say <laughs> just you, to make say, sure. You want to say the sinner's prayer? <laughs> and I'd say I must, I'd probably said a hundred thousand times. Every time it comes to that part where someone makes an offer, I love to repeat, "Oh God, yeah. thank you that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're my perfection. Thank you that you are my hope."
0: And then once you experience life, you want it more abundantly. So you're just all in. All in. That's awesome. I
1: mean well mom said it about me. She goes whatever you do, you commit hundred percent to, whether it's the gym, whether it's <laughs> you know, cleaning a car, vacuuming. <laughs> and I then just, that's a good segue
0: into so once you were completely in to God then God revealed to you your your wife.
1: Yeah, that was really I mean we I know it seems long, but this is the the Cliff Notes version. Basically, once I got saved, I wanted to be a good dad. That's it. Didn't date, didn't do anything. I mean, I got saved. That's all it was, was I was in the word. And whenever I had uh, Nicole at the house, you know, here I had this big, now I'm back in the home, in the settlement of the divorce. What do I do with this home? And I'm praying and I'm trying to run a business. And at one point I only had one employee left and then the business started growing and prospering a little bit. Then I meet this girl, um, I want to take my daughter Nicole on a cruise, on a vacation. I go, well, I'll take her on a cruise and I'll take her to Disneyland. I mean, it must have been a two-week vacation. <laughs> couldn't afford it, but I couldn't afford not to. I just wanted to be a good daddy because I overheard her say to her friends, she goes, I have a new daddy. Because, um, I mean, I was becoming everything I despised. Again, mm. if you do not behold God the Father, and I see many Christians doing it. They're looking for some image in a pastor, a father in the earth, and they're blaming their victims or whatever. And it's very, very dangerous to look to any man. So when I heard her say there was a haunting, you know, that to, to think that I was a new father and thinking about what I experienced and thinking about, you know, Obviously, her dad was, my, her grandpa, my dad was still alive. and there's just all that drama going on with his new marriage and all that. And so I'm navigating through that, trying to witness Christ to my mom, to my dad, to all my family, all Catholic on both sides, the Guido side, my mom's side, the Tyler side, and everybody I meet in between. I must have prayed with the dog bummer when they're, <laughs> prayed with the dog. I pray with anybody that wants to pray. And all dogs
0: go to heaven, which yes, comes out later. That's it. That would come into play, yes. So
1: it was just basically that I thought, well, you know, I need to get a vacation. I couldn't afford it, but I thought, you know what? I need to be one-on-one with my daughter. So I'm praying, and I go, man, do a cruise. I love Florida. Well, I hadn't really ever been to Florida, actually. I think that was the first time. But I thought, let's try Florida, and then thought cruise. And So I had a travel agent that helped me work it out. The ship changed like four times this, that, the other, and then this, and then. So the, and you, the, I say all that to say the unique timing of God, how in the book of Acts, how you, he leads. Mm-hmm. We're living in the book of Acts. It's an only, the only open book still being recorded. And for people that don't live with an expectancy that they're in the book, they start living like the the gospel's done. I mean, yeah. there's God's just waiting to write the story and then tell the story, and your story is part of the story. So I go on this unbelievable journey of faith. I go on... This boat, boat called the festival. Meanwhile, your mom's cousin had won a cruise and invited her. And they were going to go on a different ship. So all that to say, the providential, serendipitous, mm-hmm. divine order. God brought that. you together. Yeah. So Through I raffle she, tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so I see this girl in line. We're booking. The, we're getting ready to board the ship. And I see this girl. I'm never. I actually have a picture of what she looked like when I first saw her.
0: You saw her before you oh, got yeah, on the ship. Oh yeah, before
1: I got on the cruise, and I ah. go, man, what a what a pervert, man! She the girl looks like he's twelve. <laughs> I don't know why I was just attracted to this. I mean, I, I noticed her. She was early.
0: only ten years younger than you, though. Yeah, she was yep. nineteen, and I was twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. So, so we're I'm
1: boarding the cruise with my daughter, who's would have been like I think seven at the time. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm have to check that out. Anyway, but she's young. But we were very close. We did everything together. And so like when her mom wanted to go on dates or do it, i go, yeah, I'd give her money, go, and, you know, whatever. I didn't care. I, I wanted to spend time with my daughter. I wanted to, I wanted to redeem the time
2: mm-hmm. that
1: I'd lost because when the pain came in the divorce, you get very self-indulgent and, you know, it's a, it's between you. And so you start competing. I just wanted to really give her Jesus. So I'd get her mm-hmm. plugged into things that, you know, we do stuff with the church, we do whatever. But now I just wanted to be on this cruise, which I think was such a, Really foundation, because people ask me, are you going on a Christian cruise? I go, why would I want to go on a Christian cruise?
0: Yeah, that's coming up. But I'm going to be on one. Mm-hmm. Brings you full, yeah, full circle to the DC Talk cruise. Yeah, it's like
1: when I said, "Why well, now being the chaplain <laughs> for GMA, and I couldn't understand it. But God always offends statements you make and shows you to be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. So um, to me, I think there's nothing that's Christian uh, about labeling. I think what it is is the life of Christ can't be boxed, you know. If, 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 if as uh, the writer of the Shack wrote, is God can't be contained in a box unless that's the only place you meet Him. But He loves you so much He'll meet you in that box. Yeah. So that a lot of what we've done is we've tried to minimalize God, but God's love is so much bigger. He's not condescending. He's not judge. He comes to meet you where you are. So He met me on the ship, which I just looked at it like, man, I didn't know there was Christian music. I didn't know there was Christian businessmen, mm-hmm. you know. So I didn't mind those things, but I just was always thinking like public schools is where I wanted to be. I always wanted to be in the main. Show. I loved going to Vegas where my dad lived out there uh, in Bullhead near Vegas. We'd meet in Vegas and I'd share with the casino people.
2: Mm-hmm. I just
1: loved the idea because that was the world I lived in. Yeah. I never wanted to lose a burden for the people that I knew I was, and, and I mean, God so, brought
0: you to it. Yeah. Cruise, so probably to this cruise where there people she was. party and. Yeah, and I'm, I was on the. You're there which, with your daughter, and you found your way.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm sitting there by the pool. You know, I love to tan, I love to lay in the sun, and I would read this big, huge Bible by the pool and listen to music, and and uh, you know, I'd carry music with me on trips and Bibles and Striper Bibles. That's the first band I worked with because uh, when I got saved, that they were you know the bass player and I were in a band and before I got saved. We were partying like crazy. So once I got saved, he introduced me to these guys, and they were called uh, at the time Rocks Regime, and then they changed their name. They used to all wear yellow and black. Bobby had the drummer had this idea so that became Striper, mm-hmm. and so I used to go down there on Tuesdays and share with them, you know. And so everywhere I go, I'd carry Bibles, and Nicole used to always see me testify witness to people, and I go, "Honey, can I have that Bible?" <laughs> <laughs> She'd have signed Bibles by everybody, and then I'd go, "I'll get you another one," and then give it away to the doorman or the bellman or the housekeeping or if we were, like, in Florida that time. So I took a bunch of them uh, on this cruise and took Striper albums, you know, limited albums, and, and
0: all this stuff we'd give and away. And this is, like, the beginning of the ministry before yeah. you even really probably had a label on it, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it began from the day I got saved and they asked me to come down and do a Bible study with Striper, and I went down there I went to Rawl. And Rawl, I said, Rawl, what do I... You know, I don't want to get outside my element. I go, I'm, am I equipped? And... He goes, hey, man, no, no problem, man. Just keep it simple. Just give him Jesus, man. The best counsel I mm-hmm. could have ever gotten. Because it made me study the life of Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd go down there and i just love on these kids. We'd see 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 kids come. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And sometimes we see kids all night long getting saved. We'd go to the restaurant Coco's and talk with kids. And we see people get saved there. and Mm-hmm. just uh, so they'd have these and open, like you open said rehearsal on tuesday nights and all these kids would
0: come and the band started blowing up and that's when like witches would come
1: yeah well, <laughs> yeah and they, like they would like other, come, other yeah.
0: spiritual uh they'd come to the
1: concerts they you know one time they were up in uh northern seattle and and the satanic church sabotaged their bus People they say this is coming to get saved.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking because I thought, yeah, that there was some that would come and then end up, yeah, you yeah, would teach them about Jesus. Something would happen.
1: But let's be aware of the fact that there's a battle, but he has won. So I'm on this cruise and I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, it's cool, man. You know, not that I don't see the reality of the flesh and the spirit, you know. And so I'm I'm on the ship and uh, you know I'm laying by the pool and all of a sudden. Danielle, I mean, Nicole walks up with, you know, here's my daughter. We're trying to get to know each other. And she walks up with this voluptuous, beautiful woman, girl, which happened to be, I didn't realize later, it was a the 19 year I, old you saw Yeah. Either. And she's like, Hi, how are you? Me and your daughter were just playing in the pool. With Daddy, this is my friend, Celeste. And so, oh, well, I'm trying not to stare at her breast. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a picture that I used to keep in my Bible forever of the day I met her. And thought of how God's promises are true.
0: How, he brought Which, how did you get that picture, by the way? You didn't take that picture, did you? No, no. They're pictures
1: her aunt had taken. Okay. Well, there was some <laughs> I took of us together. Uh huh. Or I asked them to take. and It's weird. Kind of like that picture of you and Mary Beth. It's like, here we were. We look like we're a couple.
0: That's true. Because when you meet someone, you don't really think to take a picture with them. Yeah. But for you, that happened. And then... For me, it just yeah it happened ten years before we even started right. dating. That's and so
1: that that this was like two or three years before we finally became married. Anyway, so they and we and it was harder to take a picture then because you had to get a camera. You know, it wasn't like your like Yeah, phone was and
0: they had to get developed. So
1: I was I go yeah I'm a Christian. I'm holding up my Bible to try and keep from staring at her breast and. <laughs> You know, and so uh the whole time she's going yeah with she's my friend daddy, and well, that's why don't we go to a movie together, and so they had a movie on the ship that you'd go into the theater, so we we're supposed to go to a movie that night, and I mean, I would be dancing in the club with i'd take uh nicole, we'd go dance and we'd she, I'd dress her up and she she had observed how I dressed every night I would take her to dinner I'd have her in a dress and matching clothes and, like i not. I, I mean, I just tried to be a really i didn't try just i mean it was just something I wanted to do i brought all her clothes i just mm-hmm. was a hundred percent in
0: on being a dad and so she
1: tries to set up a date set so we go to the date. movie and then after the movie oh no right before the movie she goes hey daddy i'm gonna go to my friend's cabin <laughs> i go, what she goes yeah they asked me to spend the night you, and i knew the parents and i'm going What?" Well, I, 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 I was like really and that's nervous
0: the parent trap there it was. Began.
1: yeah that was the parent trap so she left Watch the movie, and I'm—I don't know where to put I'm such a. Nerd. I didn't know put my arm, you know, like the, in the Coke commercial. Not, uh-huh. I don't know what to do. And so I'm sitting there at the end of it. I go, "Gosh, I know what to do in the world, man." You just, you know. Then you
0: start making out once it ends. Yeah.
1: So we get up to leave, <laughs> yeah. and we go out. And we're standing on the balcony at the, the ship, you know, on the promenade, looking out at this ocean and the moon's reflecting. It couldn't have been a more perfect romantic night. I go, mm-hmm. "Man, check that out! Look at that moon." I go and I I, so beautiful. Here we are in the boat in the middle, and then all of a sudden these words came, and God knows every thought we're thinking. (laughs) I'm going, (laughs) oh! So all of a sudden showed me how the Spirit can keep you contained, and I shared the gospel and told her how I was a whore in the world, and God radically saved me because everything imaginable I'd done in the world. I mean, everything
0: I despised. um, So a romantic night turned into into, yeah, so into use. Sharing about your testimony, and then she looked at me, she goes, That's impossible. I go, No, I'm a virgin.
1: You see, because the blood of Christ makes you brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he erases things, it's ripped off. Yeah, totally a blank The page. old man has died, and yep. So, okay, great. So now I'm realizing, Well, I can't really make out with her now.
0: <laughs> that ruined the vibe, yeah. In this yeah.
1: yeah I was gonna,
0: but, say but, uh. So that began kind of mom's experience with Jesus. Oh, it began I mean,
1: real quick, because we went back to my cabin. I go, I want to give you a Bible. And I get to the cabin, and she's laying on the She's sitting on the bed. And <laughs> I thought I heard her say, you know, I opened up and read it. And then all of a sudden, I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, because we had two separate bunks, mm-hmm. you know, for one for Nicole and mine. And all of a sudden, she goes, I'm. Um, I thought I heard her say, come lay with me. So I go over there to grab her and lay down. She goes, I, what are you doing? She goes, I said, come pray with me. And so I start crying, I can't believe it, man. I'm such a sinner. And I said, I told God, I can't believe I never wanted to do, anyway.
0: So she wanted to pray she with She wanted you. to pray,
1: because I'd been sharing all these mm-hmm. things, and she'd heard me pray earlier. And was so, she,
0: did she give her life? to Jesus yeah. that night?
1: Right there. I, yeah. Well, what happened was I prayed, and then after that I go, well, Mr. Spiritual prayed. you know. And all of a sudden, your mom is on your knees next mm. to the bed, and got her, she had her hand on my knee like this, and I had finished praying. I'm crying because I kissed her. And I go, I can't believe I kissed you. I said, I promised God these lips would only kiss my wife. Now, mind you, I'm not dating, and who knew that the woman I kissed would later be my
0: wife? What, did you had you met that day or before? Like, oh, it had been a couple days. Since. No, no,
1: no. That was the, kind of like when we met at the pool. She said, that night, go, yeah, because Nicole got tired of me not dating. She goes, "Daddy, you need to date," because I'd be praying for her mom's salvation and praying for if God's will that we get back together. And I said, "But if not, Lord, you have a brand new wife either way. Either mom's going to get saved, or you're going to bring me a woman who's born again. Well, here I got to. I wanted to lead my wife to the Lord. That's what I prayed. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to lead your mom to the Lord and you know, kiss
0: her. Yeah, and so I, after I her, Yeah,
1: so I, I after I prayed, she goes, Dear Jesus, I want to know you like Michael Moji. She, she gave her heart to the Lord right there.
0: Wow. And that led to you guys That led to well two years real, later getting married.
1: <laughs> no more. No <laughs> more no more uh yeah, it really put a check on me. So here she is, she gives her heart to the Lord. So the next day conviction's on her. We're in Puerto Rico and she's carrying like pints of you know rum and all this stuff and she, she felt the change she goes why do i so she had a real encounter with the holy spirit uh-huh. it was cool because the holy spirit she it.
0: wanted to party on the cruise and then she got saved and then that screwed everything she up she went
1: on the cruise because <laughs> she was going through a divorce herself at 19.
0: oh was that that time yeah wow.
1: and and her you know she's young married very young she had to grow up quick i mean she, your mom's story is amazing
0: you what talk the, about well, her we'll overcoming. Her, yeah, we'll get her on. Yeah.
1: Because if you parallel them too, like Aunt Gabby said, it's a miracle we're doing as good as we are considering the stories and mm-hmm. all the pain on both sides. I mean, she had her abuse issues that she went through, never knew her father, never had a father figure. Yeah. And here she is. She marries a guy, kind of a setup kind of thing because they were across the street from each other. And, mm-hmm. and he ends up, you know, you know, hitting up on her best friend. Mm hmm. And so she. They
0: up. I didn't realize that that she was going through that at the same time. Yeah, the parallels that brought you together, and then you guys find out you hadn't met, but you guys live like how far away from each other? Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, which Al is Hander insane if Indiana. you know yeah. Southern California. Yeah,
1: of as of all <laughs> the world, we're not. We're in the Caribbean, and we yeah. find out that we live twenty minutes from each oh, other. Oh, it was in the Caribbean. That's where we met oh. on the cruise.
0: All right, so you guys were left out of Florida
1: yeah yeah wow that's what i'm saying so, so that's that my introduction to i thought it was like a yeah so
0: that's why that's i have this crazy.
1: affinity for florida the caribbean but hawaii yeah. doesn't you know because there's something spiritual that happened there. mm huge mm-hmm. so that's and so she gave her life to the lord and she goes back and i come back to california we start meeting and uh at the same time uh you know she's stirring because she's got a she had worked for the 1984 olympics uh, for the airlines, mm-hmm. PSA at the time. And so her job was coming to an end. What am I going to do? And this guy comes in uh, from New York and offers her a job, and she moves to New York. And so I first date I go on was Northwoods Inn, and we have a great date. Well, the s- second time I go out with her, she tells me she's moving. Wow. So I was like, gosh. And I'll never forget being at Northwoods Inn on Rosemary Boulevard, and she cuddles up on the couch next to me waiting for our table and I go God has special plans for us <laughs> and I knew what that meant she mm-hmm. went whatever there's so always was a little bit ahead of her like I yeah. thought we were going to get married I felt we are going to have a kid
0: I felt we were going to have a boy you know you told her that yeah you told her that your first son was going to be a her boy named people. John yep. on the cruise right? or no?
1: might have I mean because I, I said because when I was praying when I was single I go God I know you want me to have a son mm-hmm. I know you want me to have many children I believe that but I didn't, you know, I went, how's that going to happen? I'm single, right? And so then I was praying and I got the name, you know, from the Gospels where he said, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Your Zechariah, you'll have a son, his name shall be called John. Which is crazy because remember they said this is John wasn't in his family lineage, but mm-hmm. the angel told him the name,
2: mm-hmm. remember?
1: Because they were
0: saying they should be named something And because else.
1: he didn't believe he'd have a son, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't believe, what happened? He had no voice. Mm-hmm. and if you don't believe you got nothing to say yeah so so he loses his voice the baby's born and he writes it down it's so you
0: matching. have this confidence on the first date yeah. and before you even were dating someone got god's gonna do something great and then mom says she's moving and you're like what
1: yeah <laughs> and this doesn't match up yeah you, know, you never had those things in your life where you go well god promised me this and
0: that's a curveball. It doesn't ball. look like I expected it to look.
1: But you got to look at it in the same way. Wow, I didn't see that blessing coming.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: wow. I got to,
0: man, look at that. But that ha- that made you up your game, though.
1: She it really, moved, and she it moved did. to the
0: other coast.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't date.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I thought, man, that, that didn't work out
0: well. Yeah. You had two dates, and God said, nope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so God basically did what He prophesied that I would kiss no other woman but
0: mm-hmm. my wife,
1: and I'd get to lead her to the Lord, and then He would take her away while I was in betrothal. Until it became real. So she moved then, to New York and lived with this guy.
0: So you're cross country, spiritually feeding mom, because you mm-hmm. guys would call, talk about the word. One time, mom is getting ready to go into a Sin- church of Scientology, and then you're like, ah, oh, that's not the same thing. There,
2: <laughs> back up.
0: She
1: would call me all the time, and I'd give scriptures, but with an edge, because I was like, bitter that, you know, kind of like, repent. <laughs> mm hmm. Turner Burn. <laughs> so you need to get out of there. So get away from that building, you know. And then, you know, she called me once and she went into this club and it was a former church. I forget the name of it now. I don't know. Yeah,
0: that was a big, like, big club. house music, right? Yeah, and place, she walked
1: in There was all partying going on. She goes, why do I feel like I want to throw up?
0: There's a documentary about it. I forget what it's called. But yeah. yeah she remembers
1: the name of it but but basically the club was a church and they were dancing on the altar and it, well, how prophetic is that of scripture what it says what's going on in the church mm-hmm. and uh so she's there and she feels like she's gonna throw up why do i feel this way And she went outside to call me and go it's because the holy spirit is in you which is yeah. cool to see how the holy spirit was so real in her
0: that's cool and so you're walking her through this she is living with a guy that she works for, and yeah, it's kind of a weird, weird controlling yeah. situation.
1: Yeah, very, very controlling, and they were doing, they were booking Larry Bud Bellman, who used to be on David Letterman, so she was a familiar, familiar with production and all that. And
2: mm-hmm. She was just
1: very cutting-edge, she was very efficient in what she did, and hard-working, and, and she was helping his mom with her answering, that's when they used to have answering, uh, not answering machine, what they call Uh, people that answering services so yeah yeah. so basically she was living there under just unbelievable circumstances didn't have family and this guy had her almost trapped like in prison she couldn't get out it was Mm -hmm. really weird and so I would she'd call and my mom got really attached to her really in love with her so um, you know in the process of me giving her scriptures and stuff and so involved that story is a whole book but basically my mom I uh, said, you need to look her up when you go to New York. Well, my first trip to New York was I was invited to go see my friend who was a mime, and he was uh, performing at Riverside Church. He a mime? Yeah. I don't know this guy. He, tried, he studied with Marcel Marceau.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: grew up with this guy right next door to the very dysfunctional childhood. And so his mom used to be best friends with my mom. Ah. And my mom couldn't drive, so she would take my mom looking for my dad in bars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's stories about So
0: that. this guy's in New York. Yep, As easy. a mime. And I and go you, there. You go there to see him? Right. But I'm praying. But really hoping you could see mom?
1: No, no. My, my mom wanted me to see her. But I was kind of like going, "Yeah, she know if
0: I want to see her. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to see her.
1: Right. So that was my first trip to New York. So, um, But all the time, you know, knowing that God was leading, but yet it was lonely, man. It was hard. Because I was all alone. I mean, when Nicole wasn't there, I was in that house by myself. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I prayed about selling it. God sold it. I found a house I really liked. And then someone bought it right before me. I go, God, I thought that was what you were going to give me. That It fell out of escrow. And mm-hmm. we ended up buying it. And that's the part—the house you grew up you were uh-huh. well, in.
0: Right, by,
1: in Cavena. In by the Park. Because I was living in La across the street from Aunt Nancy when mm-hmm. I first got saved. And the irony is, Raul Reese, my pastor, lived right around the corner. And I wasn't oh, saved cool. at the time. So And
0: that's where the Molinas long time. You no, know, the Molinas lived? lived
1: by that when new we moved house. by Cavina Park, yeah. Yeah, in Cavina, right? Yeah. yeah. When, so when i So moved they from, ended
0: up being your neighbors as well.
1: Yeah, so when I yes, thirty some years later we're still friends, just officiated their son's wedding. Yeah. Levi, who I was happened to be in town visiting when he was the day he was born. Mm-hmm. So I got to be at his birth and I got to officiate the wedding. That's cool. But all that to say that in that process of the journey and how I got, you know, with your mom there's always a sense of like this is about a romance with christ Mm -hmm. and if you want me if you learn to be the bride then you'll understand how to be a bridegroom yeah if you want to know how to be a be a father become a child let him be the father and learn to be learn to be a father by the way that
0: he talks about the childhood of god Mm -hmm. and And he's the best kind of father to behold which like you said you want to be you don't want to behold people because they'll fail you in all kinds of ways. But when you behold God, the Father who created everything, then it's a pretty good example to follow. So, Mom wants to get out of New York. Yeah,
1: so I'd gone that one time we had met and went to a comedy show and with Larry Bud Melman. And mm-hmm. while we were there, you know, I just I had brought Bibles again to New York, and I'm going all through New York sharing the gospel and the one place i went to was a hard rock cafe and i couldn't get in julian lennon john lennon's son was performing
2: mm-hmm. and
1: this is when he had a big blow up this first album was huge and so i'm trying to get in the, the the security guard wouldn't let me in i go well here's a bible read this, this is a good book it'll change your life everything is true i said and here's the band you're going to hear a lot about striper and they gave him a the big you know yellow colored vinyl and and so fast forward, I go and meet with this one guy from William Morris. So he's going, man, these guys are mother effing hot. And I go, I don't have a piece about this guy. And that was a friend of the guy she was living with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then we're all at a comedy show and Larry Bud was there. And I just want to get out of there. You know, God, I, I, can't, I can't handle this. You know, This is mm-hmm. ridiculous. New oh, York will do that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> get yeah. me out.
1: <laughs> but backing up, before we got to the comedy show, we are grabbing a cab. And I last minute, Celeste goes, I don't know whether I should wear it. I should I wear that jacket. And it was striper. And it was mm-hmm. these jackets I had made up with striper written on the back and, and had yellow head, and black
0: like, and super,
1: really noticeable.
0: Obvious, yep. yeah. So
1: I'm hailing a Cab from outside the Essex house, and how I got to that hotel was divine. Everything led. I see, I details how God leads. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't have been at that hotel, I wouldn't. The next thing that happened wouldn't have happened. But as I'm standing Haley and Cab, this guy walks by. Hey, excuse me. You know strapper I go, yeah. I'm I'm Dan Harrell, Amy Grant's manager. I go, No freaking way. And so Celeste is there and I go, Hold on, wait right there. And I run upstairs and she goes, Don't mind him. He's just an excitable boy. <laughs> so I come down with all the stuff, you know, I'd carry with me, the Bible and album. And he was on his way to go meet with John Huey. He says, Man, I meet with John Huey, And he works with FBI, Frontier Booking. And then I'll have I'll call you tomorrow
0: so it was Dan Harrell who saw you. That's how and I And mean, then that's how you met John Huey, who's Hume, also met, a lifetime friend. And
1: John Huey introduced me to Smitty, which mm-hmm. Smitty I introduced to Striper. That's the Yeah, this, uh, That's how the ministry began. But there you go. all began in pursuit of
0: And then a few days before. later is when you helped Mom move. Is that a different No, trip? no. No, so what happened
1: was me and John used to meet for this interim. At okay. the time I yeah. went there, the first time in New York, and we would pray for each other's wives. And mm-hmm. We'd pray and... It was really cool because John was in a tough part of his life where he was living nominally in his faith.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you imagine. <laughs> so, so I would just share with him and he'd ask questions. He goes, You know, man, he was just fascinated. We spent the first time I met with him eight hours. And at the time, he was booking the police, the Go Go's, the Thompson mm-hmm. twin, Joan Jett. And, you know, the booking agency was Ian Copeland, Stuart Copeland's brother. Okay. So Stuart Copeland was in the police. Ian Copeland ran FBI, and their brother Miles Copeland started IRS.
0: Uh, It's all because when I met with
1: Ian Copeland, he told me the way we got our names was my dad was
0: CIA agent. Wow. So So then, and then John would end up and John John
1: started that company with Ian mm -hmm. Copeland. So he began in the booking industry, became a huge booker, started booking right out of college, all because mom, his mom, planted a vision by taking him to a Beatles concert. So yeah. when he saw Christian music, he wanted to give back to God. He booked Amy's tour, and that's how, you know, he was meeting with Dan. And, and was, then
0: now he's the biggest, yeah. well, one, he's of the, biggest one of the one of the biggest country. in in CAA. You can't talk to
1: anyone in entertainment about booking and not mention John Hewing without them knowing. Yeah. But, so
0: you guys are praying for each other's wives. Yeah, and and my relationship. You don't was, even know if mom's going to be your wife yet, really.
1: My relationship with John was all organic about being a friend. And mm-hmm. we are both single, praying for our wives. And then one day he goes, Hey, go check out that girl in the office next to So I go in and look at her. He gives me a big picture of her. And I go, Hey, how you doing? It's Don Huey. Ah. Uh-huh. Ends up being his wife. And so their story is amazing. And, then, and so, you know, years later, who would think him, Don and mom, would be so close? And we prayed they'd be good friends and they'd be in Bible studies together. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. here's dawn a lifetime new yorker and she moves to nashville and mom's there and they connect. so anyway the long and short of it is we, <laughs> everything that we ever uh set your heart to as we seek god just don't let your dreams be the ones you want want his dreams mm-hmm. they're bigger
0: and you know I and said it st- might just come down to you wearing a black and yellow jacket what could lead to your <laughs> your next thing it's crazy you it's wouldn't have met a lot of those people yeah. You know, and mom and was if a you were, if you hadn't gone to visit a mime <laughs> that lived in New York yeah, about the well, mime you connect. really <laughs> wanted to see mom. So Marcel Marcel. Yeah. So well yeah. But then and well let's just wrap it up with how you and mom ended up being together and then we'll talk about things to pray for and
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well basically that so mom and I uh you know, I prayed on the way to New York. Let me know that if it's not of you and so that she's living with this guy, so She's go my friend, my friend, my friend, and that's when I found out about the guy. So by mm-hmm. the time John uh, he gets to engage to Dawn, uh-huh. um, I go out there for the wedding. She calls me and tells my mom she's coming to the, coming to LA for a wedding. I go, that's crazy. She goes, All right, when are you going to be here? So there was only one night she was going to be in town when I was going to be in New York. She was leaving. I got there, and she was leaving two days later. So there was one night we could do dinner, Wednesday uh-huh. night, in February. So I'm back there for John's wedding. I think it was February 8th, right? Or March 8th. Yeah. Uh, so I'm back there for the wedding. And uh, I go back there and I, I'm praying with John because he's going to meet his in-laws for the first time. And we're all going to have dinner. And I go, Lord, bless John as he meets his in-laws. And Lord, if and bless everything about this wedding. And Lord, just Bless my meeting with Celeste, she's supposed to be there. I pray that, you know, because we were supposed to have dinner, but I was late, of course, mm-hmm. with John, John and we're talking. Uh, but I really wanted to go to dinner with her. I just had this. And he goes, Who's this girl? But. And I tell him, and he goes, Wow, that's awesome. I go, go back to my hotel room at the Grand Hyatt, New York, where I stay all the time now. Mm-hmm. And that's why this place is so special. I'm in the room changing. I probably missed the phone ring. She goes, Hey. Um, are we still on for dinner? I go, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm late. She goes, oh, I'll, I go, so come up. I'm on the 25th floor whatever. She goes, I'll be right up. Ding dong. She was calling from the bank she of was elevator. The- She was right there on the floor, right? What? And so I'm standing with my shirt off, and I go, whoa, and I look <laughs> at her, and suddenly it's like the scales fall off. I go, behold, woman. You know? <laughs> and so she tells a story that I was like in a daze, overthinking, and a, we're going to dinner, and she had this place she wanted me to go to, and I'm like, God, this is crazy crazy and so we went to dinner and then that was it and then f- from then you knew that you're gonna i knew
0: that was gonna be you're gonna it. go back propose so we
1: walk into louise jr this little italian place and the guy walks in a little short guy and, uh it, louise is his wife mm-hmm. He's a little short italian he goes hey i smell amore 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 and it's like gosh it was like we had this little time this little translated place where we ate and I have that picture of that dinner. Yeah. In my Bible at home. Is that we're place s- still there? No, I don't think uh, so. I haven't been know. able to find it. So ends up, you know, that began it. Then I go home and I'm praying, she's praying. Every day we're getting scriptures. The last day we get the same scripture and Daniel he says, No one stands against the Prince of Persia except Michael the
0: Archangel. That's me.
1: That's where you got your name. <laughs> so I went to rescue a beauty. And I So that
0: proposing. so how long after John and Don's wedding? Did you go back and... Real quick. Yeah.
1: Because I knew that we were out at the Hard Rock Cafe that night till really late after John's wedding. So she's in California. I'm thinking about her the whole time. I'm Everywhere I'm with Smitty, I'm talking about this girl. I'm uh-huh. on a flight with John's brother, Wade. Now I remember it. So I come back to L.A. and I go, man, I got to go. Get a Mom, ring? I got to get a ring. <laughs> so I pray about it. The day I go to get a ring, I used to buy a little jewelry... And gets for Shannon and for all the nieces and some flowers for all my mom and people. I said, when my wife comes, you know, because I just wanted to, you know, and I go, it's, I'm going to be, it's going to be soon. I said, God's going to bring me a wife. I got good news and bad news. I'm going to have a wife. It's, I just don't know who or when. <laughs> the good news is I got a wife. I don't know who she is or where or when it's going to be. And so, when I went to the, the jeweler that day, I walked in, Gary Rand, Rand Jeweler. he goes, I know why you're here. And he was Jewish, and I used to witness to him. And he, he goes, I wasn't supposed to be here today. I go, I prayed you'd be here. He goes, I don't come in on Saturdays. Wow. But he That's was cool. standing behind me waiting for the time to open. And so, so he took me in. I go, well, go pick three rings, and I'll I'll decide when I come back. Because I wanted to go buy this song forever in my heart. Because I, I was going to get the ring, I was going to get the song, and the an airline. <laughs> Kenny Loggins? Yeah. There you go. So, I proposed to your... So, then I go back to New York with a ring, two Mickey Mouse dolls, bright white Mickey Mouse on my shirt with tight skinny jeans and wrestling shoes. Why the
0: Mickey and Minnie? Because,
1: remember, Disney, Florida this morning. And I I had the ring with Mickey holding the ring. Anyway, (laughs) so I had all planned how to propose, and I walk in. I got the tape ready to go, and and I couldn't play in the van because... Didn't have a radio in the van.
0: It didn't You're going to propose in the van?
1: Yeah, I wanted to play her the uh, song. No, I uh, wanted to play her the song. So it all comes together at the mm-hmm. end. I go, well, I got it. I'll just go to the man. Just kind of
0: like yeah. subliminal message on the way. She goes, I
1: got a great place to eat. <laughs> she couldn't believe I was coming back so quick. I go, I just got to be with you. She goes, Well, would you bring Ooh. six suitcases? I want to get out of here.
0: Wow, you brought so, that
1: many suitcases? Yeah, I, she, was, she moved to New York. I was yeah. moving her home. She thinks she's moving home. I know I'm coming to take her as my bride. So all she knows, she's got to get out of the environment she's living in. So she uses that guy's van to pick me up, parks it out front, found a parking Uh space. We go into the, it was real close to John's old office, Fifth Avenue there. And we go into the Hard Rock Cafe. And it was crazy because that's where John took me. When I met John that day, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this part. When I met him the first time after I saw that same security guard, the guy that was the doorman mm-hmm. who went to the end of Julie too. Leonard yeah. he watched me John goes oh, we're all together me, Dan Harrell and him he shows him this gold card and the guy goes go, hey good to see you again <laughs> walk right in and he knows John because John's you know
0: so it's like exclusive hard rock yeah past okay. so
1: so here we are going back to the hard rock and I knew it was open so the hard rock had a real connection in mm-hmm. our family in mom and I's marriage it
0: was the rock
1: whence there it was
0: the I didn't, didn't over that, <laughs> that
1: is a good one though the hard rock, the solid rock. So that was it. Basically I went into the Hard Rock Cafe. She goes, I hope Bonnie's not here.
2: And Bonnie was
1: waiting on our table. Yeah. I go, excuse me, Bonnie. She's freaking out. Oh god, I can't believe Bonnie, because Bonnie was gonna the gossip to everybody to tell mm-hmm. her who is this guy? And so I go to the manager and I go, Excuse me, but see that girl over there? I says, I chewed up this album. I'm trying to play this song for forever in my heartbeat. <laughs> She has no idea I'm going to propose to her. Uh-huh. Would you mind playing? She goes, wait a minute. It was a guy, let me get the manager. The manager, she, and it's a woman, she goes, oh, oh my God, yeah, of course. I go back to the table, sit down. Before I can say anything, it's all lame. of a sudden, forever! And I go, oh my gosh. And she goes, ladies and gentlemen, announcing for the first time, Michael and Celeste are engaged.
2: Oh. Will you marry me? Oh my gosh.
1: That's how it happened. And I go, well, just try it on. <laughs> and Bonnie's standing there going, what? And she's, let mom probably she so freaking.
0: confused.
1: So she tries <laughs> tries a ring on. I go, I just want to know if it fits because it was size six. And he goes, what size is she got? I go, six doesn't sound like you're getting five. Five's number great. Grace Bonnie. And she's had that ring on for 30, going to be 31 years, August 8th. That's awesome. So here we are on uh, April 28th, two days away from my 63rd birthday. Yeah. And um, I'm
0: interviewing you And I was just a glint in your eye I think that's a good I think that's a good uh, Point to No it's a good We'll have plenty of time to do other stories But that is where Your ministry was born And it was all centered around Family and relationships And just how you've always done Listening to the Lord Meeting people on the streets Mm. And that God does the rest so, uh, things to pray for coming up. You've got well, a wedding. One, that, one thing real
1: quick. I'd like yeah. to say that what you're talking about with Mary Beth, your bride, and mm-hmm. bride, who we prayed in too, and he's touch prayers, you know? You touch answered prayers like you an answer prayer. Jonathan.
0: He touched me to make sure mm-hmm. I was real right then. Touch, touching the touching prayer. Touching
1: Jonathan, uh, Nicole, and what God's doing in her life, and even in this season, it's hard. I just know that you know Sophia's an answered prayer. Dario and Giovanna and and Josiah and Daniel and yeah. Jordan and Daniele and Jonathan. Every 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 answered prayer. Aiden. And the God God leaves some yeah.
0: some cool stories and so looking I back. So I say all that see to say, say that yeah.
1: in in everything you dream. Joseph was a dreamer. Daniel was a dreamer. Your name came from the book of Daniel. That's why such a Danielle got her name Danielle from the book of Daniel. So, gracious mm-hmm. sure in our marriage. Jonathan got his name from uh, you know you'll have a son. He will not mm-hmm. drink strong wine. <laughs> he works for a brewery.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, not wine, and- but he
1: will lead many to the Lord. And Jonathan's life has you know like your life. You guys have a unique way. Of sharing Jesus, so all that to be said in that whole journey, the only thing I'd say you summed it up best. It began with a vision to see the restore of family, which is really ultimately God's call. Mm-hmm. You know, God wanted family. Why and did yeah, He you guys? That?
0: Were both healing from a divorce yeah. and were able to walk each other through the pains of that and yeah. uniquely put you together because you knew you guys would. And that's why have your 30s. 31st. 31st anniversary. Yeah. And
1: that's why when I said last night, I get so incensed, you know. But again, whenever you get incensed, you're the problem. Or you get, whenever you're intolerant, you're the problem. Because you're intolerant. or someone's intolerance, then you're intolerant. But so when I was talking <laughs> last night with Mary Beth saying, you know, it's just hard when people don't see everyone as hope. That's why I love my plants. I put them under the house. I water them. They look dead when you bring them out in the spring. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling Jonathan, never, never, never give up on anyone. Look at this. And it comes And
0: I mean, that's... Your ministry is based on... And it's PR ministries, pursuing relationships. It makes sense you're going to pursue people and not give up on them. Right. But uh, just to get to prayer requests, you've got... You're going to be going to a wedding for a guy who put a hit on his wife and a lot of people shut him out because like who would do that but you oh, saw and there's mom uh, we're finishing up right now
1: i got to see that yeah we I, I i just think you'd never give up on anybody so that, so too.
0: yeah so we will pray pray for this wedding where god restored uh this man from divorce really dark divorce wanting to be with his kids and end up you know got into Uh, putting a hit on his wife which is just a crazy story in itself but how he redeems it by this girlfriend who comes to the Lord he gets
1: filled with the Holy Spirit she gets filled with the Holy Spirit he gets radically touched goes to jail and they get married in prison a most holy event but here's Mm -hmm. the thing that there's none righteous no not one and that everyone has a hope everyone has a dream and everyone has a desire to know God But God, more importantly, God is drawing everyone in his time. So when you think of the story of someone trying to kidnap kids, just think of the gospel. Mm. All of us were kidnapped, and God sent his son to redeem us. That's literally what I see the whole gospel story as. God came to redeem us back from the original fallenness of Adam to the second Adam in Christ. And so he was the redemption. And so, when you threaten someone to take away their children, man, that's the worst thing you can ever experience. And so, that's what we've. So we're just seeing
0: a cool redemption to right. that story, and that's Tim Lambesis of As they uh, lay dying, His having his wedding, and then, or it's a wedding celebration. Then, are you com- are you coming back shortly after that for from we, California? Well, we're
1: going to actually meet with the people who are our neighbors, the the Molinas I like mentioned earlier. Yeah. We're going to meet with them and two other key couples that were there at our Bible study that I did when I first got saved at my tile shop. Mm-hmm. The Wells family and uh, the Watkins family. Oh, who, awesome. the Watkins, Mike Watkins was a Mormon, and literally we watched him get saved by carrying you on his shoulders. He, he was just amazed by the joy of Jesus. and
0: I I'd shared with him, and he reversed his uh, vasectomy and got pregnant <laughs> and had four more kids. After <laughs> see, hanging with us kids. And then, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna have
1: a little time together, just restoring and talking about the pain they've been through.
0: And every one of these four families have been through extreme hell. So we'll pray for the wedding, for time with the old friends, Um, and then we got a cool update from our friend Paul Green, who got into got a movie. Yeah,
1: Paul Green, which uh, I met him when he was a model, very young model, and
0: back in New York. Yep, um, and He's out
1: here in California, we're hoping to see him and Lucas, another yep. model.
0: We're going to see on Monday. Cool. So. so a lot of cool things going on. We'll pray for that, and um, we'll. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Since we started with prayer, I'll just end with a question. Okay. That is has nothing to do with what. Well, it kind of has something to do with what we're talking about. Um, And so this is. You don't have to give a super long response to this, but just go with your heart on it. It's, um... Would you rather live on a cruise and get a beautiful tan year-round or would you rather live in a cabin where it snows beautiful snowflakes year-round? And while Dad deliberates this, he's uh, most comfortable by the pool tanning, but he also can sit... By the window at winter time and watch the snow fall for hours. So this is going to be a tough one, I think. But I, I think I know where you're going to go with it.
1: I think the answer would be I don't want either season. I got have both.
0: Ah, you're because man you of take, the season. You
1: got to have mm-hmm. all four seasons. So just like we had a, a spring was coming early, and then we had a frost and it did damage to my plants. In your life, you know, spring's coming. In the pants, plants did overcome and they're coming back. It hit them hard,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and
1: it's been hard for them to come back. But, but when your life gets hit hard, and it's been hard for us... Um, you
0: realize it's a season. Yeah, and
1: I felt like last night what I woke up to is that God was saying to me, I'm in all of this. So for anybody who struggles, whenever they go through stuff, I always remind them, I know it's hard. I don't try and pat it down with simple... Jesus has it. It's just hard. You know, you're struggling to survive sometimes, and but yet winter can't last forever even though we got a slight spring you know sometimes you get this oh man what a great and then also you get hit again
2: mm-hmm.
1: spring's bound to come and then summer comes then you gets too hot and you're tired of summer and yeah. you go oh you just went long for a cool fall fire and, and fall comes and then all of a sudden man you go man i can't wait for the first snowfall then before you know it that's enough winter
0: all right well yeah so that's that'll be a good transition for next time we can talk about what brought you to tennessee where there are seasons Instead of where California is, there's a bunch of sun. And that's it. Blessings, honey. Love you, Dad.
2: Love you.